Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. You too, Sarah. I actually, I want you to have as much shade as everyone else today. Wow, you are very generous today, Adam. <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't wait and let me tell you how much shade I want everyone else to have, but oh. it's okay. I'm glad you presumed me. I to did be a presume kind, a kindly individual. I did presume. I guess I shouldn't have. Right. I mean, I, I'd prefer if you just zoomed. Like if you just didn't you didn't pre-anything. You didn't pre-anything. Right. Which actually we're kind of zooming right now. We're on Zoom. So yeah. um cool so we're back we had a little a little tiny hiatus but it's all it's all good yeah yeah i I got sick and i'm still a tiny bit sick but i'm much better now Mm -hmm. and i i am excited to talk about wheel of time with you yeah for the benefit of others and we're gonna finish the book the first one yeah, the end of this book is so weird. It's wild. Like, what a ride. It really is. Uh, so before we jump into that, we I, we also want to do our shameless plug real quick, guys. So on Podbean, if you guys could give us a follow, we would really, truly appreciate that. On YouTube, we have all the links to all of these things in the either video description or the show notes, whichever medium you are consuming this at. Uh, just please on YouTube, giving us a sub and likes for whatever, for all of our videos, that would be great. YouTube is probably a way we're going to be expanding on this channel if, if or for the show if we do that um so getting us a good solid foundation with a lot of with a lot of subs would really help um mm-hmm. uh, you can join our discord server which we are have which exists so you can like, go there and talk to us uh it, leaving us ratings like five star ratings on itunes or anywhere really but itunes is probably the most impactful is also something that helps us tremendously is that about it? Did I get everything? You got everything. You nailed it. Nailed it. All right. All right. Cool. So uh, what, what are we talking about today? Yeah. So there, there really isn't show news, which I'm not surprised about because the show's not happening currently. Yeah. It's not on the air. There's there's not a lot. There's no, no season two premiere date. So I feel like that's what most people want to know at this point. That's what I want to know. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, like I'll be really interested to hear if they, when they wrap, when they do the wrap party mm-hmm. and stuff uh, and they, they start post-production and stuff, because then we'll have a more, a better indicator of when we're going to be able to start, you know, expecting it, when they're going to release it. Right. But for now, we got nothing. Yeah. We have people speculating on whether or not the old Matt actor mm-hmm. 
got fired because he was afraid of the vaccine or something. Right. So... Afraid of the vaccine is is an awkward way of of saying it, but like just who cares? Like it's speculation, and frankly, like not. That's something yeah. I care about anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not choosing to look into it any further because it was speculation on a site that I don't know if it's repeatable and there was no actual named source. So, um, on that happy note, <laughs> I think we can go into the book because that's really the, the chunk of everything we're going to be talking about. And we're going to finish the eye of the world. The eye of the world. <laughs> um, I don't know why I pronounced it that way. <laughs> I don't know why you did either. <laughs> you, you're like, that's not a choice I would have made personally, but <laughs> rude. <clears throat> I didn't say it. Oh, you're right. You didn't say it. You're absolutely right about that. So, right. uh, yeah, I... And so we're, we're t- going to talk about the eye of the world. And actually, one interesting thing about the eye of the world that I meant that I noticed the other day, uh, I, I was listening to a, there's this podcast called the, I think the fall of civilizations or something. It, it's a really cool historical podcast. It talks about the different, the rise and fall of various empires and stuff. But the, uh, one of the things referenced, like one of their old, uh, like one of the old civilizations, like old myths talked about the eye of the world. And, you know, it wasn't that similar to, to like this really, but I just thought it was interesting. Like the eye of the world isn't a term that's completely like just made up by Robert Jordan. I guess that he had some kind of historical basis for it. Hmm. I never really would have thought of that. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I wasn't like looking for it. It, it, They were just talking about in the eye of the world. I was like, wait, what? Kind of makes sense when you think about it. Sure. Well, yeah, like this is a very mythological kind of, this feels, Mm -hmm. it feels like we're walking into a myth and, you know, it's like those weird old, uh, like, how did creation happen? It's like, so such and such God, like, laid down and his ear split in two and it out came an animal and you know it's like and this animal had four heads and each of those heads gave birth to such and such and you know like that created the directions of the world and you're like what what's even <laughs> happening like it's like the and it's like and that's how the world came to be you, that like that and that's the crap you feed to your kids and they're like yeah okay mm-hmm <laughs> They just buy it. Yeah, they did just swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. They're like, can I be a priest for this? This sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh, and and this, this feels a little bit like that, though, right? Like this, it does. this whole thing, because it's just bizarre. There's a lot of weird things that happen. And you're like, I guess I'll just keep reading, because like not knowing what it, what's at the end is worse than what's going on right now. Well, I mean, yeah, especially these last few chapters, they are. So just for clarification, we're going to talk about the last four. So chapters 50 to 53. Right. Um, and they are a wild ride. <laughs> like, I had to, I remember I listened to them. I finished the book. 
And then I went back and listened to the last few chapters again because I did not understand what was going on. It was just all over. Yeah, so they're they're in the eye of the world right now, or at least the little realm place with the green men, correct? Right now. Yes, yes. So he is taking them into the eye of the world and yeah. Yeah, so it's... they're in the middle of this sickly blight, scary, weird place, and they come mm-hmm. in and it's like this paradise of greenery that, mm-hmm. that isn't tainted with the blight, correct? Yeah, and the, and Rand even realizes that. Like he notices that the the green man has clearly been working to stop the blight from coming into this into this particular area um so it's it's great Nynaeve and Egwene and Moraine are getting flowers braided into their hair and from the green man and they're just walking along and they're he's taking them in well, it's oh. so weird. It's like, okay, so they just got in a big fight with a bunch of weird creatures on the other end. And it's like this depressing, scary situation mm-hmm. of like, they're in the middle of like the deepest part of the of the eye of the world, or, or sorry, of, of the blight. And there's worms chasing them and there's all these concerns. And then they walk in and Moraine's getting flowers into braided into her hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you go from like this, this situation of, certain doom to like this fanciful creature doing weird things saying weird things you know what's that it's almost like like (laughs) i feel like the green man's just a giant stoner (laughs) yeah yeah he's like join me in this (laughs) yeah like that's adventure yeah that's just like the 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 change of pace is so drastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, he hasn't had to worry about a worm biting his face off for quite a, some time, I'm guessing. Right. Um, yeah. So he's kind of leading them towards the center of this like green area that they're in. Um, and they've got this arched opening. It's got the symbol of the Aes Sedai on it. And mm-hmm. that in, it, inside of that is the eye once they go through that and he won't go with them oh that's right so he's he's just got his own weird little land that he yeah he governs and he's also kind of like the, he, he so he kind of caretakes the entrance to the eye of the world mm-hmm. okay. so um yeah he won't he won't go into this uh archway okay um but you know they they all do except him the rest of them do okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um there is a pool of water there that maureen explains is untainted satan sidine nice so yeah and and she says so um that you will either be able to mend the dark one's prison so you can keep him contained or break it mm-hmm. open which I think is great, great foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. So, so she explains that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, it's anyone's prison, apparently. Right. Like it's anyone's to break. She doesn't know who is going to mend it or whatever. She's, right. Right. One, one just, of you can do this. So one right. of you can ruin it all for everyone. And she just knows that Matt Rand and 
parent are Taviran. So they have to be there. They have to stop. They basically have to try and stop him. Otherwise, um, the shadow is going to cover the entire world. And they have to be there at that moment because that is where the Dark One is going to strike. Um, Which now that I'm thinking about this, I'm really curious just in general how Moraine knows all of this information. Just in general. Because it just is wild to me that she's there by herself in terms of the Aes Sedai. But... I mean... It's okay. She she knows a lot of things. Uh, here, here's the thing about about Moraine. I think that that I really respect is she she's not like she's very one dimensional in terms of like her mission. She really wants to make sure that she her mission succeeds. She sees it mm-hmm. as uh, you know all important for everything, but uh, you know to for everything for everyone to be able to uh, uh, you know for for the world essentially. But uh, beyond that, she's also She's also very learned. Like she's she's taken the time to study a lot of like quote unquote end times kind of information. And she actually even she's also been to the eye of the world one other time, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. She said like she's been here once, and that that's what's surprising about it is that no one has ever been twice. Right. Okay. So until now. I- I think that they had said that in previous chapters. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I think she probably just knows a lot based on you know she's like, well, this this touches the Dark One's prison. She's looking for the Dragon Reborn. She's looking for all that stuff. And the Dark One's prison probably is one of the most relevant things about the Dragon Reborn, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's just fun. Like it's she's just clearly got all this knowledge and I find it amusing that she's by herself, you know, land not included. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. You'd think that she'd have more, more Aes Sedai to support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. so, so we're here, we're, we're at the eye of the world and then there are two forsaken that show up. Um, just randomly just randomly like and they show up and they are so smug and arrogant like like the most typical smug and arrogant bad guys Hmm. yeah that's the vibe i got at least Uh, i think you're right is it one of them like they can't talk or something so you have I believe Aganor does most of the talking and then Balthamel. I'm probably saying it wrong. Balthamel, yeah. Um, but, you know, they, it, they're, they're just acting like they can't lose. It's just so smug. Um, but they, they are there and they basically just have this little battle and um, yeah, <laughs> They're clearly very strong, though. Like, they toss Lan aside real easily, and Nynaeve just loses it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Lan's tossed aside, and actually, the imagery here is really nice because it just describes him landing in kind of like this heap, and his hand is outstretched towards his sword, and, you know, he's just on the ground and then 
Mm-hmm. Nynaeve decides to charge after I think it's Agonor that tosses him aside I can't remember to be honest with you which is bad but um, Nynaeve charges right after him with like a dagger and he also just picks her up and I on it, it almost felt like he was going to just like crush her neck and face in because the description of him just grabbing her Um Anyway, there it's just everyone is just fighting. Everyone's fighting here. Agonor and Balthamel are fighting. Um, but Agonor says something about needing to teach the Emmons fielders about obedience. Like again, it's just really arrogant and smug, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised about. Yeah. Oh, there, there's the Forsaken, and, and Robert mm-hmm. Jordan really does like the idea of like good versus evil to mm-hmm. some degree. Like so, so the, the a lot of times, the the bad guys do end up being a little one dimensional, especially here. I mean, so these guys are are messed up because what ended up happening was when like this this is all stuff that happened that they explain later in the books. Though I don't mm-hmm. think that this is the I think they mention it a little bit here. Um, but like when they created the Dark Ones prison this time, and like put the seals up and everything, uh, these two Forsaken were the closest to the edge of that seal. And so they were only like, whereas all the other Forsaken were protected from time issues, these two were not all the way protected. And so you have them as like old men kind of. Right. Yes. And that makes sense because later on, as we get into this, they're, described as looking more youthful and able-bodied and also just more solid in general yeah so so yeah they're i I think only one of them talks though so if it's agonor that Mm one that that says that uh he's gonna protect them then Mm -hmm. probably bethamel is the the wordless one but yeah they um it's just such a weird thing too so they they show up like the heroes you're like oh we're gonna have like a chapter of respite this will be good like we can rest before the final battle and then the forsaken just show up and they're like yeah like what we're gonna do we're gonna like kill you guys and maybe we'll like torture some of you maybe maybe we'll do other darker things to some of the people here um you know it's you don't get a respite you just get this really weird time where he's putting flowers in moraine's hair and then right and then moraine's like uh, actually later this chapter i have an appointment to go get tortured by one of the forsaken <laughs> yeah that's uh that sounds about right um yeah. and like that's it's just even more sad by the way because all this is happening and balthamel and the green man kind of you know get into it and start fighting and he Balthamel just destroys him, like just sets him on fire, which is dick move. Awful. Um, and he the green man, he kind of like he ends up destroying Balthamel as well in his kind of like final act. Um, and he in tip I shouldn't be surprised, he's the green man, but in not shocking fashion he he kind of just turns into this mound of ash and where they're fighting and he just leaves an oak tree behind yep massive oak tree yep 
just turns into to this oak tree. Um, so all of this is happening. Moraine starts attacking Aganor, and she's yelling at all of them to run. Um, and Rand, this is just the funniest interaction. Rand ends up pushing Nynaeve aside and kind of telling her to run. He keeps yelling at her to run and flee. But right before this is happening, he's looking at her and he realizes. Yes, sorry, Egwene. Sorry, Egwene. I did not mean to say Nynaeve. Um, And, but he's looking at her and he realizes that she's trying to channel to stop Agonor, like she's focusing so hard and he describes it as her using her like puny power i think is he like puny was actually wor- used as the word um mm. and then she's all mad at him in typical Egwene fashion that he tries to stop her from doing this um but yeah so he, anyway he pushes her one way into the forest and he runs the other way and the last thing you hear in this chapter is he hears moraine screaming and that's it chapter's over okay so goodbye moraine goodbye moraine goodbye everyone rand's on his own running away yeah like let's run away from forsaken like what was what was moraine's like end game there she's like i'm gonna just die to this forsaken and everyone else should run so that he can like hunt you down piecemeal well it just doesn't make any sense how do you think i i don't know she's like so go accomplish your duty somehow right Without my guidance, right? Yeah. Okay. What would you say you do here? What What do you do? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So the next chapter, chapter fifty one, against the shadow. So Rand is still running away from Agonor because he's the only he's the only bad guy left at this point. Um, and they're kind of like on this hilltop, edge of a cliff type thing. Uh, doesn't really matter. Um. And he chases Rand, talks to him about Shilgul. Again, is super arrogant. And he starts talking about how he could kill Rand right there himself if he wanted to. Um, oh, why don't you, bud? Right? And uh, exactly like you said, they are um, older. They're like, they're not in their prime. And, he, and Rand notices this. Agonor's got this, like, he describes it as a glowing rope attached to him. And he notices that the rope is getting thicker and Agnor is also getting youthful and more solid. Look, it's super weird. This, this whole, this whole thing is just a wild, wild ride. <laughs> yeah. Th- thick rope, thickening yeah. rope. That's not, yeah. yeah. It's uh, becoming more uh, a virile young lad. Mm-hmm. So they are fighting each other over this rope like i rand realizes he's gonna have to i guess sever it from him or something um yeah you don't get a rope no one gets a rope but me yeah (laughs) that sounds terrible (laughs) um take his rope but what's also kind of interesting here though is like rand just kind of wishes that he doesn't want to be there anymore and then is not they're in they're in a mountain pass and that's when you've got um he you realize he's kind of watching this battle unfold and there's the borderland landers are fighting the trollocs and um 
he's I guess actually there because they notice him being there and there are a ridiculous amount of Trollocs there are um um drag drag car in the sky am I saying that right yeah drag car Mm -hmm. um and you know Rand just it doesn't explicitly say he does this, but, you know, he gets all hot and heats himself up kind of thing and, you know, maybe mad. And then lightning just magically hits all the drag car in the sky and they fall. Magically. I mean, magically. The, yeah, not poweredly. No. Magic. Yeah. Magic. Magically. We used the, we used, we used the true magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the yeah. Tro- the Trollocs are sh- once this happens, the Trollocs you know are- shift direction to go after Rand, and then all of a sudden he's not there anymore, and he's in the chamber with Balzamal. Balzamal. Yeah, yeah, it's just a it's a very strange. It's you know, it's a lot of, and this is I think why it was so confusing for me was that it was just a lot of hopping around, like just you're here and then you're here and it felt very jarring to oh, it's, it's like a dream it's like yeah. one of those stupid visions that i keep bemoaning and talking about how stupid it is they are right except yeah. i don't i guess it's not except yeah except it's real yeah. you think maybe it is but you're just not sure it's it's just tricky <clears throat> to um it was tricky for me to follow it like I've listened to right. these last few chapters probably three or four times now. Yeah, they're they're trippy a little yeah. bit. They're they're very strange. Uh, the I think the thing that's most interesting uh, about it to me is, I mean, really, I guess we'll get we'll we'll get more into it as I mean, it's still the the weirdness hasn't ended, but <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it is just like it, it feels like rand isn't at the right power level it's like okay so you know typically you play like a video game and it's like oh you can't go into that area you're not level 51 yet Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and rand is is like oh well crap i'm like level seven (laughs) but he's there anyway yeah it's like literally like that any video game you play and you're like i'm not strong enough to go to this boss yet right And, and so but and robert jordan's like oh but you know what we, we can we can create some weird like mechanical constructs within this world mm-hmm. to make it so that rand is artificially that strong right right now and and so like sure let's give him a wish power you know yeah if, yeah i remember if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas <laughs> so you know in this case rand is like yeah, I wish that the Trollocs are gone and, mm-hmm. you know, like I could save the Borderlands. I wish I could just be on this other hill and not be around this arrogant a-hole of a Forsaken. Yep. I wish I could talk to Baalzaman and his chambers too, for some reason. And here we are. Yeah, and Christmas is like, done. Done, done son. Done. So yep. he's there and he notices another cord, but this one's black. Going to Balzamon. Hey, look, another rope. Another why, rope. Why did these Forsaken have ropes? Mm-hmm. It's very weird. But he also notices that he has like a white rope coming towards him. Yeah, he has a rope. That's that. And that's the 
it's the enabling rope. It's the rope that allows him to teleport and do all these things. Look, and make wishes. Yeah. Yeah. So break his heels together. Yeah, exactly. So he's noticed this, and Balsamon's black rope is much bigger than his own and is devouring. <laughs> his Schwartz is bigger than it's, his. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. Um his big black cord. Yeah. And, you know, he ends up showing him visions. uh, Balsamon ends up showing Rand visions of Nynaeve and Egwene and his own mom, Kari, being tortured by Merdral. And you can tell that it's this uh, vision that really, that really uh, wrecks Rand. So, yeah. But he ends up making this blade out of white light. It's a lightsaber mm-hmm. of sorts. <laughs> Maybe. <Heck yeah. laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so that he can sever this cord. It's wild. It's like, does everyone have a cord? Like, is. Yeah. So, Baalzabon, who he thinks is the yeah. dark one. Right. Uh, like, he's, he's just like, all right. And then he just uh, slices the black cord and Baalzamon, who's like this level, like 250 character and mm-hmm. Rand is like level seven, you know, but, but he's like, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll give this top, like top level boss that, that's like an end game character. <laughs> and, and we want, we needed some way to beat him. We, the ice to die is, is not here. But we have a shepherd here who thinks, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> let's. But 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 the bad guy has to lose somehow, right? But let's give them cords and make the bad guy unable to defend his own sword or his cord. Like, right. like there's just this huge flaw. Like, oh hey look, hey look, there's a cord. But like, Rand, chop chop the damn thing. Right, which is exactly what Rand does, and then, and then the whole place is on fire why not why not just add fire in um burn balsamon and while this is happening rand gets knocked unconscious by something well because he's only level seven he's only level seven he's not supposed to be at this boss yet like any random thing that the boss does should just knock him the f out you know, like he's he's still at the point of the game where he's not gaining enough hit points to actually be substantial. It's just like, you know, eventually once you hit like in the 30s of levels or something, it's like, oh, he actually like he's starting to get his tank health, you know, like but uh, before that, everyone's just kind of got their own weird generic tiny gains on every level. So it doesn't matter that much. It's mm-hmm. more like a morale get morale boost. Oh, hey, you leveled up. Yay. Don't do anything extra. But you know, like that's that's where he's at right now. He's just like, just gets knocked out, yeah, for no reason. Like, be, well, because he's way out of his depth. Yeah. Um, Balsamon's like, damn it all! Like, why? <laughs> why does this happen? Why did that happen to me? Like, I I'm better than this, right? He's level fifty one, and Rand's level seven. Yeah, like everything. Everyone should have been. Everything he did should have been way more impactful than Rand. Mm-hmm. But it was not. <laughs> but but it weren't. Yeah, it's, it's l- ludicrous. So but it, yeah. So um, 
in chapter 52, neither beginning nor end, um, Rand wakes up and he doesn't really remember much. He remembers a battle and there's a burning smell that's kind of near him and he sees Agonor, I guess, dead, burnt. And um, yeah, he starts stumbling around. He just knows that he needs to find Egwene, but he doesn't know who Egwene is. Like, it's very, like, it's, it's like he just got this crazy onset amnesia. Uh, yeah, facing, facing that level of boss is, is always going to be a little traumatic for someone mm-hmm. as, as shepherdish as he is. <laughs> so he, he knows he needs to find Egwene, doesn't know who Egwene is, um, and then sees, you know, a, a girl underneath a tree that kind of looks over at him and realizes that that must be her. That's Egwene. Um, How does he know? What if it's, what if it's, uh, what if it's the green man? Apparently, according to him, it's not. It's Egwene. He just magically knows. Mm. He knows. Um, and Nynaeve's there. Moraine's there. And it's, this is also really jarring to, to read and, slash listen to because it's very obvious that he doesn't realize who anyone is because you're getting these descriptions of them as if you're ran clearly because it's from his point of view where he's describing what they look like and it's like the first time he's seen them <laughs> and he's like that guy could be a blacksmith yeah they're like so, if, if wolves could be blacksmiths right if they one. could so yeah, anyway, so he's there. Um, and then eventually he does explain he, and realize that he channeled in mm. order to defeat the dark one. It's the dark one that he, and he tells them this, that he killed the dark one. It's over. It as well. Yeah. So um, they end up leaving um, and they, the group leaves after this with, broken pottery broken pieces of pottery which Which is important stuff Mm -hmm. it is important stuff um and a chest which is also important and a white cloth yeah so yeah so Uh, do they do they say what the broken pottery is do they explain that yet i don't remember them explaining it hmm I feel like maybe they, I don't remember. It's been a while. If they, if they did, I don't remember it. They do explain that they open the chest and it's the horn of the Lear in there. Um, and they mm-hmm. do explain that the uh, white cloth is the dragon banner or banner of the dragon. Yeah. So maybe they do. But yeah, I think. Well, so so the broken seal, uh, the the pot, broken pottery turns mm-hmm. out to be because this isn't a secret for long, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's seals to the dark one's prison, and they're broken. Right. So that's not sealed. Well, you know, there there are more than one seal. There's more right. than one seal to the prison, but that seal, one of the six, mm-hmm. is broken, and it's made out of metal that is theoretically thought to be unbreakable quindiar i think yeah Yeah, so they leave 
And as they're leaving, the blight just starts coming in to, you know, kill this area that the green man had been protecting and now is no longer being protected because he's an oak tree. Right. And what good is an oak tree? Provides shade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which you need more of, apparently. You're always looking for more. Right. Never satisfied. (laughs) It'll totally stick handle that, though. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So in the final chapter, the wheel turns. This is so, like, the, the beginning of this chapter is just so classically in my opinion loyal the the blight is still coming in and the area is dying like leaves are falling off the trees it's very obvious that it's coming in and loyal's just so upset that this is happening and he like refuses to let the green man's grave fall to this blight and it's just so it's so pure like this moment and he just does his little tree singing yeah. skill on this oak tree to help protect the oak tree from the blight so that the leaves stay healthy and everything. The blight can't attack it. Doesn't um, he call him like tree brother or something like that? Yeah, he keeps calling him tree brother. It's just such a nice moment in such a weird, weird, weird time. <laughs> but I thought that Loyal was back on Faldara getting stabbed by Pat and Fane. Oh, wait, that's this show. Sorry. <laughs> uh, while Perrin watches and does nothing. Yeah, Perrin's still doing nothing. Just yeah. like in this chapter. These chapters. <laughs> Correct. Perrin's doing nothing. That's so oh, man. Um, but yeah. He, so thought, like, he thought about doing something. And, and then did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So... All right. So they 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 leave basically. They they keep heading south, lands leading the way. Um and then they get to Tarwin's gap where they realize that like there's been victory. Yeah, yay. Who could yeah. who could see that happening? Right? You know yeah. who could? Rand could. It's one of his three wishes. <laughs> like a genie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was helpful yeah yeah he was like there's no place like tarwin's gap there's no place like tarwin's gap oh, and then he and then he shows up and he's like magic <laughs> not power magic yep yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so they head back to faldara um and Everyone is celebrating that they've won. Um, and Moraine, you know, shows the horn to Lord Egomar and then wants to go to Ilian to take it there. I guess that's where she thinks it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where the hunt for the horn yeah. begins. And she mm-hmm. wants an escort. So that that's what she's asking for. Um Anyway, so a week later, this this is kind of nice that Rand is practicing with Lan, his sword fighting skills. Yep. Um, and then he meets with Egwene and tells Egwene that he's leaving. He knows he's going to be a danger to everyone around him since he's now channeled. Um, 
she wants him to go to Tarvalin and he refuses and promises he's never going to channel, but he's also never going to return home. So, right. yeah. And they're having this conversation and the entire time Moraine is eavesdropping on them from Agamar's private garden. Yeah. Yeah. And she says something really cool at the end, I think, though. Um, Yeah. She says something along the lines of the dragon being reborn. Yep. She's like, Mm -hmm. she's like, yep. Yep. The dragon's been reborn. Yeah. So, and that's it. That's the book and a really weird way to get to the ending. Right. Well, eventually, like Randall's keep leveling up and eventually these weird fights will look less artificial. Right. In theory. I totally didn't spoil any part of any other book, I'm sure. Right. Not at all. (laughs) Maybe vaguely. But I mean, here's, here's the thing. I... I, I don't know how you can do like it's such a weird thing to do as an author like putting yourself in a situation where okay there's there's these extremely menacing incredibly powerful beings from a different age who have an understanding of the power that only someone with you know several years or decades could hope to match mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, and he pits them against a totally unschooled like un like a character that doesn't know anything he's got good potential but it's like just because i'm tall doesn't mean i know how to play basketball you know like I, <laughs> I, a ton of people used to say like oh you're tall like you must play basketball i'm like well i you know like i'd have people pick me for their team basketball teams preemptively before they knew anything about me and i'm like you guys don't realize like i'm, I'm actually good at other sports but i don't know basketball and that's the same with with rand it's like you He's got good potential, but you shouldn't just assume he can kill a forsaken on his own. Right. You right. And, and so it's a very strange thing for an author to do to just like throw throw a random character in and be like, oh, they're you know equivalent power levels. Look, look, like the look, the shepherd won. What an upset. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it, it to highlight that, like not only is he a different power level but he's also just way more naive because he's convinced he's killed the dark one right yeah and and moraine's like uh oh, don't don't assume he did something cool like that yeah so he's got a lot of a lot of leveling up to do he does he does he'll keep he'll keep grinding those levels though don't don't you worry Horrend. don't you doubt yeah he'll he'll get there i just this is a very strange thing to do. Like instead of kind of sheltering the character somehow and making it so that he's not doing these extra crazy boss fights mm-hmm. immediately at the end of the book of book one, especially if you're intending this to be a multi-book series, like maybe give him an opponent that actually seems like he could have a chance of beating. I don't know. Right. Instead of this drastic. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and and giving us like, but but look, he used the root the ropes uh, the the cords of power loophole. Like, congratulations, man! <laughs> like, why why aren't there more power? Like, why can't he see his own cord of power after that? Because it's, it's unnecessary. 
yeah it's just weird it, it was a very weird ending um mm-hmm. yeah anyways that's it but it's one of my least favorite parts of any part of this whole series i, I mm-hmm. won't lie uh, just because it, it makes the thing is there are a lot of things that he that happened in the series that don't necessarily make a huge amount of narrative sense and a lot of it can be explained through Taviran, which is nice and, and frankly a lot of things do make sense i mean I, I couldn't enjoy a series that didn't have a lot of good rational things happening like if 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 this madness if this fluff were to happen constantly throughout the series i'd have lost interest but right uh, you know, this is one of my least favorite things because there's there's just not much reason behind it. It just feels it feels like the illogic of a myth. Yeah, and it's just very um, like I found it very convoluted and hard to follow. And mm-hmm. yeah, but Robert Jordan gets better, and right. the story gets better. And right. I'm still on board. We're good. We're still oh. reading. For a second, I thought we just ended the podcast forever. No, not yet. Good. So what are we reading next? So next we are going to read The Great Hunt, which is book two. And I think we're going to try and do six, the first six chapters next week. Nice. That'll be good. We we need to whip through that book, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's get through Great Hunt. And then we can get to the real, real meaty, awesome books, which is three and four and five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And six and seven and eight and nine and ten. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. That was a weird flex. I, I, I would hope you know I know how to count. Yeah, so. one of us does. Uh-oh. Out of the three of us, one of us can count. Okay. <laughs> that was contrived like crazy. <laughs> that was contrived oh boy (laughs) on that on that happy note oh uh, we skipped the mac we did who's the mac i don't know they're all weird in this this area can we just do like a one-time robert jordan just a one time like this is out of protest for weirdness and, and and I have a podcast with you. Like my tolerance for weirdness is fairly high. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I mean, they're not annoying in this in these chapters. It's just weird. Yeah, the characters are like, oh, I'll do things as I normally would, but but why but, am I doing them? Right. And Robert Jordan's like, there. Are and where reasons. am I doing them? There, there are reasons. There are who, reasons. who am I doing them? like in a lot of ways like rand is like who am i doing them like he's doing them he doesn't know who he is though poor rand i yeah i don't know who you would pick as the most annoying character other than robert jordan yeah because everyone else is acting honorably they're doing well they're contributing right i'm sure Egwene's doing something annoying she's always annoying She's, she's getting all mad at rand as usual as per usual yeah as per usual yeah hey, we could give it to Egwene just for old time's sake i feel like she's gonna end up being the mac for the whole book the whole book well the book's done i know so we're gonna have to tally these and t- next week 
we'll also try to have we'll give you the final verdict who is the mac for the whole series or not for the whole series but for just book one just book one yeah. so whoever we said the most times i guess yeah all right i like that that'll be good yeah um any final thoughts um I'll, I'll say this so I, I liked a ton of elements in this book that like I really liked the parts where they split up I liked the parts mm-hmm. where all the characters were growing you know Rand exploring Camelin there's a lot of really interesting cool stuff in this series uh, you know Nynaeve tracking uh, Lan and you know them having their weird relationship and like tons of really cool stuff actually happened here and uh like, I love this book. It is also just a weird, like, it's the first book of a series and you can really feel it in this one, especially. Mm-hmm. A lot of fantasy books will have a really strange start and they'll, they find their their path and move along. And this is no exception. So, whereas I'm kind of harsh at the end here, uh, the, it's not, I, I don't hate the series by any stretch. Like book two is maybe not my very favorite book either, but Mm-hmm. I feel like he gains momentum as he goes along and I'm looking forward to talking about the rest of the series. Yeah. I'm, I'm still really enjoying this series. This was a very weird way to end the first book, but it did not slow me down. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I wouldn't call you slow. Thanks. Appreciate that. I yeah. think. Not to your face. Rude. What? I'm telling you that I wouldn't tell you something mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's it. I think we'll be back next week. We will be back next week, I shouldn't say, I think. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah. With, uh, more, with more unkindness. All of the unkindness, apparently, and shade. Yeah, unkindness is actually brings some shade, you might say. It does. <laughs> or does the shade bring the unkindness i don't know you're getting too philosophical for me okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right all right um yeah so i think that's all we've got all right let's call it good all right so thanks everybody for listening and or watching whichever you choose adam thanks for being unkind <laughs> I don't know what to say. (laughs) Well, on that note, everyone, may you always find water and shade.